it was a bit much for a family party. Like if it was if it was an adults only party <laughs> or like a friend party, it would have been fine because it would have been hilarious. Because yeah. like you could see my leg hairs poking out through the <laughs> tights and everything, and like the dress came down to about here. Welcome back to the Balance for Life podcast, where we are here to help you to find balance in your life and find success and happiness and all of those good things. Yeah. If you like what you hear, hopefully you do, um, check us out on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all at Balance for Life, number four, and at Twitter, at Adam and Perry, all spelled out. And you can keep up with us there. I mean, we're a little bit slow usually in, in getting stuff out, but we do have some content and, and share some interesting things and trying to get like weekly challenges and book recommendations and things like that. So yeah, go check it out. Check us out. Uh, give us a like, etc. cetera. And uh, we're excited about this topic because when this show airs, it will be Halloween. So yes. we're we're a couple of weeks away. Do you know Halloween week. is my favorite holiday? It is. Uh, Halloween is Adam's favorite holiday. I my love favorite Halloween. holiday is my birthday. <laughs> 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 I can see that. Um, no, but yes, Halloween is a great holiday. It's Adam's favorite holiday. It's uh, definitely in my top five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> definitely top uh, 12. <laughs> yeah. no, I love Halloween too. Yeah. Um, I love just dressing up, you know, as whatever random mm-hmm. thing. And sometimes I make up stuff like I made up superhero costume that I do. So I like it. if you, if you've ever seen my, uh, tiger man videos, I've put out a couple of those. So I dress up as tiger man sometimes, but we're going to talk about a couple of different Halloween related items today. Mm-hmm. And the first one is going to be trading Halloween candy on Halloween night. So paint this picture in your mind or, or your memory, go back to your memory of when you were a kid and you come home with all your Halloween candy and you and your siblings all dump your Halloween candy out on the floor and you each have your pile and then you proceed to make trades. And when you're like four years old, you know, if you have older siblings, they like give you Smarties for your Snickers or your Ooh. Reese's Pieces and you think that you made out because... You don't know better. Because there's like 15 Smarties in a pack. Yeah. And so we want to talk about the right way to trade and what goes into a good trade. Yeah. So now what, what was your experience like trading Halloween candy as a kid though? We, or did it, you it, do was, it was interesting because we were all two years apart growing up, me and my siblings, and there's four of us. And so we were pretty close in age and like when we got a little bit older, we would go out with our friends and everything. And we'd all come back and we would sit around the four of us and we'd dump out our candy. And the first thing that had to happen is my parents had to take their shoe. Oh yeah, the, the right, parent the, tax. The obligatory parent tax, yeah. yeah. We do that. Yep. Good for you. And uh so we'd do that and then and then yeah, we would we would proceed to trade and then, you know, whatever remaining candy was there was gone by the next day. So <laughs> we used to make our kids uh, only eat like one piece a day. Like they could eat more on Halloween night, but we would limit it. And then after that, it was like one piece per day, like okay. until they got old enough to like, because our oldest will throw up if he eats too much oh, sugar. Yeah. 
I'll just like a couple hours later just throw everything up. So it makes sense. But he's old enough now; he can monitor himself. And, That's yeah. good. But okay, yeah. So have you kind of similar? Of, well, never mind. We're not going to get that far <laughs> off topic. So, so pretty similar to my experience, yeah, right? Just training and, candy. Um, it, this made me think about a few years ago. My son, when he was like eight, uh, he was like, "Hey, Dad, I traded like five of my." worst Pokemon cards for this awesome Pokemon card with our neighbor. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a fair trade. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we even made them trade back because it was like probably like a $50 card for like five $1 cards or oh, something, geez. you know? And so I, I thought it was a good teaching opportunity to teach him what goes into a good trade. And I think the most important ingredient, the main ingredient that goes into a good trade is that both parties get more than they gave or both parties win the trade. Yeah. When both, both parties win a trade, I think that's a good trade. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously when you're in sports, um, th- that's probably usually how a trade happens, but sometimes, you know, you kind of find out later that one of the teams like really won that trade. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You talk about how someone won the trade and I think like in sports, it's a little different maybe, but in real life, I think when you win a trade, it's because the other person did too. Yeah. That's just my philosophy on trading. I like that philosophy. So yeah, Halloween candy, if one sibling doesn't like Snickers, but they love Smarties, and the other one loves Snicker, uh, does love Snickers, they don't like Smarties, that can actually be a winning trade. Yeah. Right? That's a good trade Absolutely. in that scenario. Absolutely. Or you get rid of all your Twizzlers, like the little waxy yeah. plastic wrap Twizzlers. My wife loves those, so and I there can't stand them. There you so. go. You brought up trades in sports, and now I don't I don't follow sports a lot nowadays, so I don't I, I couldn't tell you who any of the players are. Um, but like back when I was a kid and I followed sports a lot, um, I, I remember there was some quality players, right? You had you had your key players. You had your Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley, right. Shaquille O'Neal, right? Like you had your key players, and then there was. Basically everybody else, and I'm sure that's they're all players. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's the way it still is today. Where you know your key players are getting paid multi millions, and then everybody else is making a couple hundred thousand, right? So wait, are you are you talking about like the NBA, or are you talking about professional soccer in the U.S.? <laughs> I'm I'm talking about sports in general. Okay, I, I don't know. Yeah, I was just curious because in the NBA, it's the minimum salary is like five one, million. one and a half million or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Anyway, so um, somewhere on there. Yeah. So yeah, you've got your your big money players, yeah. and then you've got everybody else. And so I, I think if we go back to that kind of analogy that you were using, you wouldn't go into a trade. And if I was one coach and you were one coach, and I wouldn't say give me Michael Jordan and I'm going to give you Jack Johnson, right? Like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Just, you, are you talking about the musician now? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just making up a name. What was, anyway, I'm just making up a name, but you wouldn't give, you wouldn't ask for a key Mark, player yeah, and, for give, Mark Eaton. and give them somebody that nobody really knows, yeah. right? And so I think that's that's kind of the first thing is you have to make it mutually beneficial, like you said. So if I was going to ask for a Michael Jordan, then I would have to give you two or three of my middle range players. Yeah. 
and maybe three years of first round draft picks. Right. 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 Exactly. So I think, and and usually that's what you hear when you when you hear about these sporting team trades, mm -hmm. whatever the sport is, they're gonna trade so and so really high key player for a few years of first round draft picks and um, a couple of players. So it's it's gonna end up being mutually beneficial in the long run. Yeah. And so we talk about they might have won that trade, but then with the next three years first round draft picks, the they might get something out of they it. They might yeah. get somebody that's gonna be back up, bring them back up to the same quality, same level of playing that, that right. Michael Jordan was. Yeah. So Yeah, and I think, you know, as humans we naturally want to make sure that we get our end, right? That what we get back is good. Mm -hmm. And we maybe sometimes focus a little more than that on what we're giving the other person. Um, but both sides are doing that. And as, as long as both parties are, you know, smart, you're going to, you're going to have a balanced trade. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think even though it maybe is a little bit unnatural to make sure that what you're giving is worth the other person as much as what you're getting back is worth to you. Um, I think you can do that even if it's not totally natural. And I think it's a good thing to try to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, this applies in business too. You think about, uh, you know, I work with, with customers who have already purchased our product, but one of my jobs is to make sure not only that they're happy, but that they're expanding in our product. They buy more mm -hmm. licenses, they buy add on products that we come out with. And so one of the things that our company does when we have a new product we've built or a new add on and we determine pricing, we try to make sure that this price is fair for both us and the customer, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't want them to pay too much for what they're getting, partly because that wouldn't help us in the long run, right? Right. But, but there's that goal of making sure that what we're giving and what we're getting back are both, um, what each party needs. Yeah. Well, and I think some of our listeners and we, might be small business owners as well. So that's something we have to take into consideration. If if I make a product, I'm not going to look at that product and say, oh, well, I'm going to upcharge. I'm just going to sell it for whatever price I want, right? I've got to look at, okay, so this is how much it costs me to make it. This is how much time I put into making it. And this is what I need to get to make a profit. Mm -hmm. And then is that fair to somebody else? Yeah, right? and you do so, market analysis. What are other people selling it for? Yeah, yeah. So, so I sell soap. I make soap. So I have to look at the ingredients that I put into it, the amount of time that I put into it, and then look at those other businesses around me. And I look at both the, the big businesses, right? Your big names that you buy at the grocery stores. But then I also look at the smaller businesses that are similar to my mm -hmm. uh, area and and selling maybe at the same farmers markets that I am and see what their price range is and so that way I can come up with something that's fair that I'm going to make money off of but I'm not taking more than the value of my product right and so I think when we talk about trading it's it's not just about do I have Am, am I giving something that's the same value every right. time, right? We, right? We've got to make sure that we're both going to benefit and mm -hmm. and level up right? Yeah. From, from that. I think that's a good way of putting it, that both parties level up 
when a good trade happens. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, um, kind of on a similar topic to trading, I want to talk also about how what you put into something determines what you get back from it, even when there's not another person involved. Right. Absolutely. So it's still a trade, just not a trade with another person. Yeah. So I think I think it, it, again, if we're going back to the Halloween mm-hmm. trick or treating, right? I remember growing up, we had we had our neighborhood where I grew up, and everybody was kind of you know lower middle class. Um, so we were getting the little packs of Smarties and maybe fun sized candy bars and whatnot. But yeah. then there were the areas up at the mouth of the canyon where the wealthier people lived, or even in Mapleton where all the money was. And there were, there were a few houses, there were some doctors, there was big business owners and pretty big names in our community who would be giving out full size candy bars mm-hmm. or king size candy bars. There was a couple that yeah. gave out king size candy right. bars. There was, I remember one doctor specifically, and then one guy was the mayor of our city and they would give out king size candy bars, but you had to go a ways. Yeah. It wasn't something where you just go around your own block. And you've got king size candy bars. You had to you had to go a fair distance to get there. Moral of the story is have rich parents. Yes. And so I, I think <laughs> so I think when we talk about putting the effort in, you can't go out trick-or-treating for say an hour and just go around your small neighborhood and expect to get the same result as somebody who's gonna be out for three hours. And taking that trek, the five miles to the mouth of the canyon, mm-hmm. to get the king size candy bars from the chiropractor that everybody knows who they are. There's that fly is back again. Fly. Just for anybody who's, uh, I don't, I, I don't think it's the same fly because no. I don't think they live that long. I don't but. think they do either. But it seems like every <laughs> other fly got down. Every time we're recording, there's there's a fly, a fly buzzing around yeah. us. That's all right. It's that time of year. They're starting to move inside. Yeah. So We're used to it. No, I think that's uh, mm-hmm. that's a really good analogy as well, right? Like the level of effort that we put into trick-or-treating determines how much candy we're going to get back. Yeah. Um, and that goes for everything in life. The level of effort that we put into exercising determines how healthy we're going to feel, how fit we are, how much mm-hmm. stamina we have, right? The level of effort we put into our, our spirituality and studying whatever scripture you believe in or... Um, spending time meditating and praying, like that's going to determine how spiritually healthy you are. Right. Uh, so let's let's actually talk about maybe one example in each of these areas of something where you can level up your your amount of effort. Yeah. And get back uh, in in each of our pillars. Yeah. Which I, I think it's it's fairly simple, fairly common knowledge in in most areas mm-hmm. where we can level up. I mean, let's let's talk about physical. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's. Our first pillar, even though we don't really have them listed in order of importance. But if we talk about our physical health, we can talk about diet, we can talk about exercise, we can talk about a lot of those kinds of things. And so talking about the the amount of effort that you put into it, you can't, if you want to run a marathon, you can't go run, say, a half a mile a day and expect to run a marathon in a month. And In fact, my little brother... This was years ago. Uh, decided he wanted to run a half marathon, and he was like, "Well, I can run two miles, so what's thirteen, right?" <laughs> and and so he 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 trained, but maybe not to the level he should have. 
And so when the day of the race came, he was able to finish the 13, 13.1 miles for a half marathon, right? So he was able to finish the race, but it took a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a very, very trying experience because he didn't put in the level of effort. And so you look at these people that are running marathons and, and running the half marathons and doing the, the Ironmans or the triathlons or whatever. And there's typically a training regimen that you can get that will show you, okay, so start today and run a half a mile. And right. if you're doing a triathlon, it'll say go swim two laps. And, and so you start out small, but then you're constantly building on that. Yeah. And so by the time you get up to it, you're running 15, 20 miles a day and you're running 150 miles in a week. And so you're able to build up your stamina, build up your endurance. And you can't expect to build up the same level of endurance as somebody that's doing that if you're not putting in the same amount of effort. Right. Well, you look at even professional sports athletes um, like Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. who you know <clears throat> are considered one of the greatest players to ever play, right? At least yeah. in a lot of people's top 10, at least. And mm-hmm. that, that's a pretty huge accomplishment. See, that is one one sports name that I actually know. Yeah, one that you know. Well, I mean, he played with so Shaquille he, O'Neal. So he must be good. Yeah, he was. Um, but in a lot of his interviews, he, he talked about just, like, how did you get so much better than everybody else? And he said, like, I went into the gym before them and I left mm-hmm. after them. Yeah. Like, you know, he would he would get to practice an hour early and do all of, or it might've been like two hours. I don't know. Like he would get there early, do all of his pre-workout shoot around stuff. And then he'd see all these guys rolling in like five minutes before practice. And I think that was his response to like why he didn't pass to guys sometimes and be like, I'm not going to pass to someone who showed up five minutes before practice and left right when it was over. Mm-hmm. Like I, I expect people to put in extra effort like I am. And that's that's how he became so good. Yeah, was putting an extra effort. Kind of puts a new perspective on it too, because I remember you see the guys like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, and the guys that don't really pass a lot. Yeah, and, and they kind of had the reputation of being a ball hog and attention seeking, and, and you get this kind of almost a negative reputation because of that fact. But that that kind of puts a new perspective on it, where again it goes to like the equity type deal. If, if you're putting in that level of effort mm-hmm. and nobody else is, then they can't expect the same result. Right. Right. You can't, I can't expect to be as good as you at playing basketball because I never play right. and you're playing at least once a week. Right. So I, yeah, you can't, you can't expect to have the same level of competence in a field yeah. if you're not putting in the same amount of effort. So, right. And, and again, going back to the physical aspect of health, it's the same thing with, with diet, with weight, right? Mm-hmm. You can't expect to have a, a supermodel body or a, or a fitness bodybuilder body if you're not putting in the same amount of effort. So we, we look at these, these bodybuilders or we look at these models or we look at whatever as our ideal of what a body should be. And we're like, Oh, I, why can't I have a body like that? Yeah. They must be cheating. They must be doing something right. right. Or it's plastic surgery. And so I think a lot of times we get into this negative mindset of, well, it's, it's not physically possible for me. Or mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, there's no way I can do that. When in reality, if we were putting in the same amount of effort, if we were running a marathon every month, 
if we were working out every single day, if we were putting in the same amount of effort, then we could physically be in the same shape as that mm -hmm. other person. Now, obviously, genetics has something to do with it too, right? Absolutely. And, and so you might have to work harder or less hard for the same result as somebody else, but it still takes effort. Yeah. No, no matter who you are, it takes effort to get to where you want to be. Yeah, and I think I think that's a, another good good thing to take into consideration as we talk about this is quality and quantity are not the same thing, mm -hmm. right? So if if even though we might have similar attributes in some areas, we're going to be very different in others. And so if if we are putting in the same time in the gym, but we're not putting in the same reps, right? Mm -hmm. So we might both be there for two hours, but, right. but in that two hours, I go sit in the sauna for an hour and a half of that, <laughs> or go sit in the hot tub and you go and lift weights for the full two hours. Right. Obviously you're going to get into better shape yeah. than I am. So we have to, we have to look at all the different things yeah, that go along sure. with that. I'd say lifting weights for two hours sounds awful. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it's something you could build up to, I guess. Yeah. Some people, it, it's like the greatest thing in the world to them. And I know. Hey, whatever works. Good for right? them. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. So, As you can see, I don't lift weights for two hours every day. There's a reason why I wear like, <laughs> looser clothing. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about um, mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, that's something where it feels even more like external forces might have more, you know, so much of an impact that it doesn't matter what you do. But that's actually not true, right? There are external forces, right? There's situations where the loss of a loved one or of a job or, you know, whatever external forces happen can really have an impact on your mental health. But you are in control of how you respond, how you recover when those kinds of things happen. So the level of effort that you put in to um, having a hobby, to spending time journaling, spending time being social, even when you don't want to be, right? Mm -hmm. The level of effort you put into those things really has an impact on your overall mental health and how happy you feel. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I think we even had an episode kind of talking about that specific thing a, a few weeks back, um, talking about how you can't compare your grief yeah. to somebody else's, right? right? And, and the effect that those external factors are going to have are going to be different person mm -hmm. to person. But again, if you are putting in the effort, putting in the reps to maintain a, a healthy, positive mindset, then that effect of those external factors is going to be lessened right? and, and you're going to be able to fight back mm -hmm. a lot easier. Right. And so again, it's, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting in the time and the effort on a daily basis to journal, to meditate, to keep my mind in the right place, then when those external factors come, it's going to be a lot easier for me to say, yeah, this sucks but I'm, I'm going to be okay. And, and even though I don't really feel good right now, maybe I'm going to take a couple of days and I'm going to isolate myself. But during that time, I know there's coping mechanisms that I can use on my own. And then in a couple of days, I may not be fully up to it, but I'm going to go see some friends. I'm going to go 
out for lunch, right? I'm, I'm gonna go do something so that I can start to bring myself back to this normal state or what's considered normal to me. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you. I, I think what you said is very important that there are certain situations where it does warrant isolating yourself. It does warrant not doing some of the things that you normally would do or that you know you need to do. You can take some time to wait to, to do some of those things. Yeah. Like um, when our daughter passed away, you know, I didn't work for a month and we didn't go to church uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, mm -hmm. And we basically just like stayed home and didn't you do that much, right? And we spent a lot of time with, with each other and with our kids. But then we started to go see a therapist once a week and we started to kind of do some of the normal things, but with some extra coping mechanisms that we learned and exercises to help us um, work on our emotional health and and navigating through grief like we had to put effort into to get through there and when you experience that intensive grief you don't really want to do that but we knew that we had to and right? mm -hmm. we knew we needed to in order to get where we needed to be yeah and I know in the conversations that you and I have had in the last few years um, we, we've talked quite a bit about that and you've mentioned different groups that you've gotten involved with and Facebook groups of, of other parents who have lost children mm -hmm. and they might be 20, 25 years down the road and they're still debilitatingly yeah. depressed. Yeah. Right. And it's there, they have no coping mechanisms. They have no way of getting out of it. And I think to your credit, number one, I, I no judgment on anybody. Right. I, I can't even imagine the difficulty that that would have. I can understand how someone could go 20 years and still be stuck in like yeah. that first stage of grief and never be able to get out of it. Absolutely. I mean, it, it makes sense. Absolutely. But to your credit, I think having that, that mental capacity to say, you know, we're not going to go see anybody for a while. We're going to stay here and we are going to stay together as a family. Mm -hmm. And and it might be tough some days. There might be days where it's tough to sit down and see the rest of your family together and have that person not be there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that was a very difficult thing as well. But you, you hear a lot of situations where the loss of a child destroys the marriage and, and destroys the entire family. And I think to your credit, having that, that mental frame to, to stay and, and to say, yeah, it's, it's a difficult time. We need to be together and we need to focus on these coping mechanisms together, I think has helped you maintain that family relationship because now six years later, and I, I would guess, I, I mean, I couldn't say for certain, but I would guess your family's probably stronger than they yeah. were before that happened. Yeah. Like mine and Rachel's marriage is stronger than before. And I, yeah, I think we have a great family relationships and Definitely. And that's still a part of our lives. And it's still something we, you know, talk about and we struggle with. Right. But it's, uh, we've definitely grown stronger because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about spiritual health. And this is something that I've been really focusing on a lot the last few months and just, just trying to make sure I spend some time every day working on my spiritual health. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I study the Bible, and I, if you've listened before, you know that we believe in other scriptures like the Book of Mormon, and there are other scriptures that maybe aren't part of our religion that we think also can be really powerful and helpful in building spiritual strength Absolutely. from other religions. Mm -hmm. um, and 
what I'm going to say now, I feel like I need to preface with, we don't judge if you don't believe in God or a higher power. And we think that spirituality is still important regardless, right? Yeah. So whether that's like something to do with nature or whatever you believe in, it's important to increase your spiritual strength. But I, but I am using an, an example of believing in God. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed this correlation between the level of effort that people put in to building their, their spiritual strength and a more difficult time believing in God, yeah. right? Because you can't prove that God exists and you can't prove that God doesn't exist, right? So either way, it's faith. Like believing in God, not believing in God, you're exercising faith. Absolutely. That's how I feel. So, you know, when you don't put that level of effort into scripture study, to prayer, to meditation, those doubts about whether God exists, you know, those are those creep in after a while and mm -hmm. not doing that. And it's, it's like my Spanish teacher used to say, if you're not learning Spanish, you're forgetting Spanish. And I, I think it's the same way spiritually. If you're not exercising your spiritual strength, you're, you know, it's decreasing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely would agree with that. And I've, uh, like you said, we, we, we both know that we, we believe in church. We believe in God. We, we believe in scriptures and all those things. Um, but one of the things that I've, I've learned over my lifetime is everybody has to find their own path to what they believe. And so now my, my kids are getting to the point where they're starting to question. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've had to really step back and rather than just say, Oh, well just read this, pray this many times, do these things. I, I've had to really step back and say, you know, this is a time in your life where you are very uh, vulnerable impressionable and, and impressionable and you need to take the time and, and put in the effort to learn for yourself because if you if you don't like you said then you're going to lose it and and you need to be putting in the effort and so as they have as my kids now have chosen to research other spiritualities other religions other other areas of focus as they've chosen to, to study those things, I, I've always had the same advice for them. And that is, I have several books on different religions and I'm like, here, read this one, read this one, try this one. If that doesn't work, try this one. Study as much as you can learn as much as you can, because regardless of whether you're studying what religion your parents want you to believe in, or what somebody else wants you to believe in, or what your friends are telling you, or what society is telling you on Facebook, the more you learn, the, the easier it is for you to make that decision for yourself, mm -hmm. right? And so I always tell them, take the time, study, read all the books, but don't neglect one just because you think you already know it. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many things that you can learn. Yeah. And, and be able to develop that for yourself. So our last pillar, but not least is, important. Is financial. Financial health. And, and I think this is another fairly simple one yeah. to talk about the amount of effort that you put in is, is what you're going to get out. And we can talk about, I, I mean, we can take this in so many different directions. We can talk about starting a business. We can talk about getting promotions or getting raises mm -hmm. at a, at a full-time job career. We can talk about 
any learning a new skill, learning a new to skill, start a new yeah. career. Yeah. So we can we can talk about we can take this in so many different directions, but I think the principle is still going to be the same. Yeah. And that is, if you are starting a business, if you are learning a new skill, if you're trying to get promoted, it's not going to happen if you're not putting in the effort. Yeah. So. And I think, um, and that, and that goes with not just income, but but debts and mm -hmm. budgeting as well, right? You can look at that at any angle. And I think our culture right now kind of has this victim mentality. I see so many posts on social media about like, it's not fair for our generation because, you know, we were told you have to buy a house. Now house prices are too high. And, and there's like some truth to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying like that the price of houses or the inflation that we've had in the last year isn't unfair. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you are in control of your financial destiny, at least here in the United States. There's some places where that isn't true, but I think even in most of the world, like you're, or a lot of the world, I don't know about most, but right, there's a, there's a good chunk. There are many countries where you're in charge of your financial destination yeah. and the level of effort you put into it truly is what you get out of it. Right. And it, it really does not matter your parents' wealth, your race, your gender, those things do have somewhat of an impact sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, they can. Yeah. But the most important thing is the level of effort that you put in to learning and executing. Yeah. Well, and I think this is another one of those areas where we can talk about also the mindset of it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to go into it with a victim mindset and you're yeah. going to go into it talking about, oh, it, everything's against me, right? I, I'm this race, I'm this gender, and, and they're not going to give me that promotion based on those things, or this company is discriminating against me for those things, then me mentally you're already putting yourself into that it's not going to happen, so why even try? Yeah. And so, again, it's it's a mindset thing, and it's an effort thing. If If you want to start that business, use every tool and every resource that you have at your disposal, and promote it in that fashion and put in the time, right? If, if I want to get my soap company really off the ground and going, I can't expect to do it if I'm making one or two batches of soap every month and go into the farmer's market for two months out of the year and not focusing on my social media and not focusing on my website, not putting in any effort anywhere else mm -hmm. to make those sales. If we want to start a band, we can't we can't expect to become famous if we're only putting in an hour a week and we're not practicing on our own time and we're not right. doing all those things. If you want to get promoted, that's why work, we're not famous. <laughs> uh, if you want to get promoted at work, you can't go sit there and do crossword puzzles for eight hours a day right. when somebody else is getting projects done mm -hmm. and, and expect to get that promotion. So yeah, I think, I think mindset, goes into this just as much as actual physically doing it because the mindset is what's going to get you to put in the effort. Right. Positivity, effort, mm -hmm. right? Definitely. So, um, I think, are we ready for a weekly challenge? I think we are. I, I think, think we've, think we've yeah, yeah, I think, I think we've this got, is a pretty long episode. It's a, it's a decent sized episode, but I think we've, we've Ooh, yeah. pretty much covered all the four pillars and we've, I think we've, yeah. We've, buried the hatchet we've beaten the dead horse i don't know what other <laughs> we have, analogies we, have some, we can use 
Yeah, we've beaten the Halloween pinata. Yeah. And gotten all the candy gotten out. Gotten all the good candy out. Does anybody do a pinata for Halloween? I think I just made that up. I don't know, but I think pinatas are great anytime. Yeah, we should do a Halloween pinata this we year. Totally that should. fun. Yeah. But um, anyway, thank you for, for listening. And hopefully, as we always say, you know, you took something out of this where you can make a change in your life. You can improve in some way. Yep. So our challenge this week is, uh, well, if you're listening to this on Halloween, uh, especially, think about the level of effort that you're putting into something, mm-hmm. whether it's trick-or-treating or something not Halloween-related, and uh, and decide somewhere where you want to step up your effort. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about uh, starting out small and gradually increasing so that you don't overwhelm yourself. That's that's how I've been exercising. I started out with like five minutes a day and I'm mm-hmm. up to like 15 minutes a day now. And that's hey, probably where I'll, I'll probably just stay at 15 minutes because I don't want to do more than that. Yeah. But <laughs> think of something like that where, okay, I'm putting this level of effort. I'm going to step it up a little bit. I'm going to put more effort in so that I can get more back. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, again, and we say this most episodes, uh, but we we bring up a few specific examples, but there's so many other things that we could talk about that we just don't have time for. So if if you're listening to this and thinking about you want to put extra effort into parenting, mm-hmm. or you want to put extra effort into cleaning, or you want to put extra effort into whatever it is, I, I think that goes into the weekly challenge as well. If you're if your challenge to yourself is maybe putting your phone away at a certain time of night so that mm-hmm. you can focus on your family that's that's yeah. awesome and i fully respect that great point so yeah so yeah again thank you for listening uh don't forget to leave us a five star review a yeah. comment a like share all of those things yeah and we're we're still trying to get weekly episodes out on mondays um you know at, at least every other week i don't think we've skipped more than two weeks anytime i don't think we have yeah. so yeah, we're still trying to get those weekly episodes out on Monday, and we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, yep. all the places, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and join us next week. What's our, what's and, our topic? And next week, we're going to talk about um, fasting and the benefits yeah. that fasting has. Awesome. So, Look forward to it. There you go. I'm hungry already. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week. See ya.